Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new podcast series Beyond Social Conventions. I'm your host Susheta and I'm very excited to bring you the third episode of this series. And the topic for today's episode is Mission Camp. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how microfinancing support groups have changed the lives of rural women and help them to become independent this podcast is brought to you by gnana prabodhini foundation a non-profit organization committed to the cause of social welfare in india and abroad focusing on women leadership education and rural development our mothership organization gnana prabodhini a non-profit founded in 1962 headquartered in pune has touched the lives of over 100000 people across india in some way shape or form in this podcast we will tell you how gnana prabodhini is changing the world by helping and empowering people each month will bring you inspiring stories of survival and transformation of people who have raised themselves from adversities we will bring into focus the efforts taken by passionate individuals through some compelling human stories planning had begun for a fun event for the members of microfinance group group for short suvarnathai wanted to conduct a one day residential camp for the members of group on a scenic spot near a local dam and thus mission camp was launched an initial meeting was arranged to plan for logistics as the camp venue registration tent rentals meals and to organize play music and sports activities subsequently several meetings were organized in various villages to spread the word about the camp and to make a list of women attending the camp from those villages six jeeps were arranged via six different routes to pick up about 100 camp atten- attendees from various villages while tents are a common city commodity they were hard to find in rural areas ironically as they went camping city folks often carried comforts of city with them to the campsite as they quote unquote went back to nature with a great effort a few rental tents were booked for the overnight camp in contrast to rural hardships such as walking a mile to fetch drinking water urban folks live in a comfortable houses located away from nature rural lives are in sync with mother nature for example a year of drought directly affects their livelihood and a fine harvest brings a joy that is why the concept of going back to nature is unheard of in rural zones 
since they have been closely knit with nature all their life. Therefore, going camping in a tent with an intent of returning back to nature was definitely not a selling point for rural women. <laughs> the word tent for them had only two connotations. There were tents that housed the circuses and there were tents that showcased exotic dance shows. For rural women, the selling point was spending quality time with their fellow group members, freeing them from their daily responsibilities, recharging and creating strong bonds with the fellow group members. Most importantly, it was about kindling the fire within themselves that would motivate them to build a stronger version of themselves to meet the challenges of their bright future. Unlike city folks, rural folks have very limited needs and live well within their means. This is especially true for rural women who worked equally hard at home and on the farm and needed even less. They were thrilled to have a sleepover with their friends and to get out of the house just for one night. They rarely got to eat meals that they themselves had not cooked. As such, their meals were not elaborate. All they needed was pitla bakri, a simple menu that needed basic homegrown ingredients. They needed no fancy grill, expensive fuel, or sleek camping gear. They typically fetched three stones from the campsite to from a chul or a burner, and they gathered wood from nearby woods for fueling the stone burner or chul. Everyone helped out in mission camp after finishing their daily chores. That meant everyone pitched in, did what they could, when they could, to make sure that no stone left unturned. Nevertheless, because no one person was designated to manage mission camp, things were likely to fall through cracks. They made the list, checked it twice, dates, venue, tents, registration, guest speakers, and meals. They thought everything was covered. Most of the arrangements were covered, but no one thought of making provisions for drinking water or asking campers to bring thick blankets to guard against biting cold winds blowing from the nearby dam late at night. Women just carried a rolled up sari with them, hoping to use it as a blanket at night and as a change of clothes in the next day. Although until now, Thai had doubts about if women would be interested in and would be able to attend overnight residential camp. At this point, she thought that it was worth a try. Planning was in place. where to live, where to rent the tents from, 
where the what the meal arrangements would be like and who would be bringing cooking utensils serving plates and groceries again unlike urban campers living in tent in proximity to nature did not entice rural women since they were already an intimate part of their surroundings that was their lifestyle what's so special about tent they wondered for their houses were not any sturdier than tents it was difficult for them to avoid just for one day the household responsibilities they had to designate someone to cook clean and look after their home and cattle resultantly an avalanche of cancellations downed on thai that too at the very last minute same song of made up reasons of cancellations was sung in different tunes just one day before the camp a member called the called and canceled the jeep that was supposed to bring women from her town saying that she had guests arriving at her house for a few days likewise another member called in sick someone had to go out of town someone did not see the point of come avoiding the family responsibilities just to stay in a tent with their group members the camp organizer was immersed in organization she asked tai you're coming tomorrow aren't you it may very well be just the two of us but camp shall happen as planned at this point because of massive cancellations they were not sure if anyone would join them at all everyone was to arrive at the camp site at noon and at 11:45 tai received a first call from the camp bound jeep saying that we are the meal group eight of us here and nobody else showed up what do you want us to do tai told them to set up a chul and start cooking for 20 people then another group called we are running a bit late since it took us long time to gather everyone we should be there in a few minutes accordingly the first group arrived had lunch and started assembling the tents No one knew exactly how to assemble tents but not only did they figure out the technique of tent assembly with trial and error they also improvised a solution for missing parts they soon noticed that the stake ties outnumbered the stakes so they substituted hefty stones for stakes to prevent air from entering underneath the tent at that time the second group called to inform tai that their jeep was packed and that they will reach the campsite soon sure enough the second group arrived at the campsite followed by the third fourth and fifth groups the sixth group walked from a nearby village the group that managed the meals was able to serve meals to 65 women rural women 
are used to hard work and hardships. The campers were divided into several groups of 8 to 10 women per group for the morning session. The groups were deliberately formulated such that women from different villages were able to spend time together and had an opportunity to connect and make new friends. Women were asked to name their groups. The expectation was that they would name their group after something that represents their group. A selected variety of interesting name came about, such as Zashi Chirani, meaning Queen of Zasi, Flight, and Torna Chirani, Queen of Torna, where the camp was located. Each name had a thought process behind it. Someone even joked about that we never even bothered to give names this much thought while naming our children. The moon sun had turned the tent into ovens, but no one complained about the heat, humidity, or lack of air conditioning. Instead, they simply opened up the tent doors to usher the cool breeze from the nearby dam and they were thankful for this comfort. The second session in the afternoon was a vision session in which women were given various topics such as what 2025 would have in store for them in terms of health, microfinances, schooling or education and social work. The groups were asked to perform and act about these mentioned topics. Everyone was required to participate in the act. At the end of the day, skits were performed underneath a big green mango tree. Everyone managed to grab a log or a stone to sit on to watch the play. Someone was ridiculed when she asked for a blanket to sit on. Finally, the performance began. At least half of the women were acting in the play for the very first time in their life. Nonetheless, they discussed, brainstormed, and put up a fantastic show. They showed a variety of topics, such as a rural hospital connected to a big city hospital. Someone showed that the president was visiting their microfinancing group. Some showed interracial marriages, while some showed a social worker of future using an iPad. These plays provided a place to bond, relate, and to dare a dream of their bright future. In the next session came Subhash Rao, who encouraged these women to stay connected, united, and organized to bring about the desired social change. Then came Bageshri Tai, who energized the crowd as she shared her experiences 
in the mission to eradicate alcoholism in their area. Bhageshwitai was just a teenager and at the very front and center of this movement a few years ago. The devil of alcohol had settled in the area. Massive addiction was taking its toll, especially on farmers who were already beneath the poverty lines, spent their time and money on alcohol. Women and children had nowhere to go to and no one to look up to. The audience knew who the players in this game were. They knew the owners of illegal breweries. They were painfully aware of this history for it had affected them not too long ago. The woman who often dozed off during the bright daylight while listening to the lectures of the guest speakers sat absolutely still in the pitch dark tent and held their breaths as they listened to the heroic stories of Bhageshwitai. How she and her teammates fearlessly freed the villages from the death trap of addiction. Influenced and moved, it took them some time to come back to reality. It was almost dinner time now. Women mixed, mingled, chirped and giggled with their newly found theater friends as they walked up a small hill to go to town for a simple dal roti meal. The ghosts of the roles they played in the act this afternoon were still haunting them. Someone was thinking and talking as if she was Zashi Chirani or social worker of the future. After dinner, everyone returned to the tent. Tired and overwhelmed, they sang the nighttime prayer and went to sleep in their tents. The nighttime sky was full of many stars, shining ever so bright due to the spark of friendship that was ignited in their hearts. I hope you liked this third episode of our podcast series. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast Beyond Social Conventions to hear more inspiring stories and share this podcast with your friends and families. Each month, we will bring you stories about Jnana Pravodini's efforts in transforming everyday lives of people through courageous acts and consistent efforts. Please visit our website jnanaprabodhinifoundation.org for more information. Let's meet again next month with a brand new episode of Beyond Social Conventions. This is Sucheta signing off now. Live happy, live well, live inspired. Goodbye.